Welcome to Homeschool Companion, your source for information, motivation, and inspiration. If you're part of the homeschool community or simply interested in learning more about home-based education, stay tuned. Together we'll examine the latest resources, learning styles, and teaching techniques. We'll speak with experts in the field to help you uncover every homeschool advantage. We'll also present suggestions on how to keep Christ in the curriculum as we explore fresh ways to teach and learn. Here's your homeschool companion host, author, educator, and children's ministry specialist, Dr. Rose Gamblin. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. You know, we are in the new year, 2024, and I just... I think of my, I kind of reflect on the past and think about the future. And I know that each one of us probably does that. One of my favorite chapters in the Bible is Psalms 127. It talks about, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. So it's talking about, and then it narrows it down to our family this psalm insists any work, whether it is constructive or defensive, is pointless when it's not aligned with God. Anything not grounded in godly truth is bound to fail eventually. Long days spent striving to get what the Lord has not willed are just stress leading to sleepless nights. Keeping the theme of building for the future, children are not a burden but a blessing, the Lord rewards parents with children who help them achieve victory over life's challenges. The father of many children is blessed. Children help provide protection against every enemy that threatens the family's security. And all of us who have lived life for some time know that not all of our children choose the paths that we would choose for them. Just like Adam and Eve did not choose the path that God had uh, the perfect path that God had for them. But praise the Lord, there's always a way of escape, right? We can fall broken at the foot of the cross, each one of us. So as you go about your day, and as you think about the past, and as you provide, maybe you're doing resolutions, or you're thinking about the future, create for yourself a new beginning. And remember, God tells us that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. And at the end of that chapter, he says, children are like arrows in the hand of a warrior. That's a great phrase. Children are like arrows in the hands of a warrior. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we hold up to you this day. We ask that you will give us wisdom and guidance that you will help us understand what you would have us do moving forward and to have learned the lessons that we have had on this planet as we reflect on the past. Provide us our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Lead us not into temptation, Lord, but deliver us from evil. All this we pray, Lord, in thy holy name. Ta-da! Well, in keeping with our theme today, Children Are Like Arrows, I wouldn't mind sharing with you a STEM project that I have where the kids made little 
bows and arrows with popsicle sticks. Now it's harder than it sounds. You need between eight and ten popsicle sticks and you can go on my Pinterest site. It's mrgamblin2 are the call letters and go down to the stem board and you will see it there kind of towards the top. And uh, those of you that are totally against any weapons, I'm here to tell you that uh, as long as we're in this enemy-occupied territory, we're going to be dealing with weapons. And I think it's a disservice to our boys if we don't find safe ways for them to learn and play with weapons. I mean, if you just take them outside, they'll pick up sticks and the sticks become some kind of weapon. So you just need to teach them responsibility with it and maybe provide with it the lessons that you can learn. For example, with this bow and arrow, you can learn about angles, pressure, and you can uh, teach mathematical principles as you see how far you can shoot it or how many times you can shoot down a target, like if you set up paper cups. So you take something, and remember, it's so easy to make everything feminine, or, or women, after all. The women in this nation do most of the teaching. The mothers do most of the homeschooling. We need to think of the male brain, and that's another whole topic. Maybe I'll address it more in Curriculum Corner. Anyway, whatever you do, have fun learning. Curriculum Corner. I told you in the section before that we were going to talk about the difference between teaching boys and teaching girls. And as with any rules, there's exceptions to every rule. But basically, in my experience, if I ask a teacher to name the most baffling student they've ever had to teach, the majority of them, it's a boy. I mean, there's there's learning disabilities across both genders, but if this is, if, but they will say something like this: uh, He's so capable, but he just doesn't do the work. Or if he would just pay attention, or he's so hyperkinetic, you know, so active that he won't sit still long enough to learn anything. And that goes on and on and on. Well, you know, these differences between the genders are quite complex and. And I certainly don't have the ability to conclusively say what specific brain structures are boys and what are girls. But there are some common problems. And you as a parent might have noticed this. And so today we're going to talk about verbal delay. So it works like this. At birth, the left side of the brain is developing more rapidly in girls. And the right side is developing more rapidly in boys. That's just a rule of thumb, not always the case. And I even believe if I had enough time in my life, I'd sign up for some research project because I believe there's those children who both sides of the brain are developing rapidly and it causes its own unique challenges. Now the left side of the brain and think of that in terms of gender, female gender. The left side of the brain is where the verbal center begins. And the right side is where spatial skills are centered. And I can relate this to my dearly beloved husband. Uh, I talk too much. You know, it, I talk too much for him. And at the same time, if I need to figure out how to put together something 
or something's wrong with the car. Man, he has spatial skills that are so high. You know, he's highly intelligent in that area. Now, the differential development is why. And that's just a fancy way of saying the, the difference in this type of development is why a 20-month-old girl has, on the average, twice the vocabulary of a 20-month-old boy. By the time these children get to kindergarten, the differences have narrowed. And usually, by the time they're in the third grade, they've certainly narrowed more. But you'll have boys that are just beginning to really become verbal at school age. Now, additionally, little boys are more likely to have ear infections, which could mean that they just didn't hear what people were saying. And I do not know why this might be the case. But there are strategies, and that is read to your children every day, no matter what gender they are. But read things that would be more interesting to boys And then read things that are interesting to girls. And I make both genders listen. But I make sure that I am providing male-oriented materials. We're just not reading about Mary Had a Little Lamb. Give little boys more picture books, graphic novels. Let them have the opportunity to link those pictures to the words. And that will help them learn the words. So when you, maybe you had it, a girl first and she just talked up a stream and wanted to learn to read and then you had a boy and he has he's six years old and he's still not interested and maybe he's seven years old and he's still not interested you have to you have to understand that and not push it so hard you know so verbal delay gender differences that was our topic today for curriculum corner remember curriculum isn't just the books that you choose for your kids. It's the whole path of learning. Questions parents ask. This question's from Jerry, and she wants to talk about research papers. Her daughter's in the ninth grade and has her first research paper coming up. Well, I like uh, have each aspect of your research paper. I don't like to make it so complicated at first. Start out very simple. And I know that, Jerry, you want to give her the topic, but if she has the choice to pick her own topic, then that's what I would do. If it's an online accredited school, then they might insist that she do it on a specific topic, or if it's a class, like if it's for a science class, then it would be on a science topic or a Bible class, it would be on a Bible topic. The more that you can give your child a choice, the better. Now, that's my advice. Take it for whatever it's worth. And I can see that we've come to the end of this portion of the show. We're going to interview Tammy Largen, who wrote the book, Children Are Like Arrows in the Hands of a Warrior. And they are truly a blessing. So you're going to hear everything that she has to say. Remember, we are now providing classes through our virtual-homeschool.com website our 
our virtual high school. And we have bona fide teachers who are there to help you, help you maybe with the curriculum products you've already chosen, or we have our own. Be sure and reach out to us at our corporate number, 301-824-3162, or email us at myhomeschoolcompanion at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. I hope you'll come back to hear Tammy Largen. We'll be right back. You have been listening to Homeschool Companion, a production of MRG Media. Be sure to join us on Facebook. Just type in the name Homeschool Companion. For more on this or to contact us, go to mrgmediaministries.com. mrgmediaministries.com. Welcome, welcome. I'm here with Tammy Largen, and we are going to talk about her recent book, or her new book. I mean, it's flat off the press. You can get it at, in Amazon. It's called Children Are Like Arrows in the Hands of a Warrior. Welcome. Thank you, Tammy. So to begin with, I'm going to read a little bit of your bio, and then we'll talk about your book. Tammy has the heart of a teacher, the spirit of an entrepreneur, and the soul of a mother. Growing up on a guest ranch gave her a love of people, instilled a strong work ethic, and exposed her to many cultures. Her greatest desire is to help parents see their children as God has created them and not as the world defines them. For more than 25 years, her involvement in the homeschool community has allowed her to use her passion and experience together to help parents with out-of-the-box learning solutions. Tammy was previously a performer, life skills instructor, and program developer for summer camps. So she brings all of that to the table, too. Thank you so much, Tammy, for spending this time with us. Thank you, Rose. I'm very happy to be here. So as you talk about children are like arrows in the hand of a warrior, I mean, that's referencing Psalms 127, my favorite chapter of the whole Bible. Wow. And so I love the title, and I loved how the the illustration of your book, you know, has the shadow of someone. So many times parents don't feel like that. So uh, that being said, I mean, that's my own opinion. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the content in your book. So first of all, set the stage by why you wrote the book. So um, we have a daughter who... I thought I was raising her like any Christian family would raise them. But when she met, she got to about high school age, her friends started asking why she was different. And then parents started asking why she was different. And what we figured out was that I was brought up very entrepreneurial. And my family's always owned a business, so I was always participating in that. So I also believe that we have forgotten as Christians that God does not use the word teenager or adolescent. They are adults at 13. And they, and you know, and, and God, while you're still growing at 13, you know, God is looking at you as an adult. And we have forgotten that, I think, in the church. And so we haven't allowed our kids, because really at 13, they want to make some adult decisions, but a lot of parents don't allow that to happen. So that's why I wrote the book. It really started off as a bunch of short stories about our daughter. And I said, God, I need a thread. And in my dream, he gave me Psalms 127.4. And I'm like, okay, that's great. But now why do you call children arrows? (laughs) So that's how I kind of came... So when you, when you say that your daughter was different or that other people saw her differently, 
what was that difference? So we brought her up to be very compassionate and we did life with her. So where you see a lot of parents um, running around and dropping their children off at various things, I realized we only had one. Um, I did help raise a goddaughter as well. And, um, but we felt that it was more important that she did what we did. So when we served in the church, she served in the church. When we served at the homeschool hybrid that she attended, she served in the homeschool hybrid we attended. It taught her that life was not, it didn't revolve around her. What God gives us is what we're supposed to share. So that's what really made her different. And it gave her this mission-minded thought. So at 17, she actually ended up in Cape Verde, Africa, working for nine months as a missionary. So I think that's kind of where everybody was like, what? <laughs> so Well, even you as a parent might have said, you're doing what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and a lot of parents did. <laughs> they were like, don't you have to sign off parental rights? I'm like, yeah, actually I did to the missionaries she lived with. But we had to support that she was hearing from God. Yes. And that, I think, as a Christian parent, we've kind of lost that. We make a plan for our kids, and we forget that God gives us children to steward, not necessarily to demand of. And so um, I'm a big proponent of choice. And that's as far as allowing your children to make choices starting at a very young age, but within reason. You know, I think that probably is the very best thing that has been said so far. And that is we need, you know, at what age do we start recognizing God's call on our children's life. What age? Well, it's interesting. So I had this opportunity when I was a teenager. I traveled with a dance company, and the family, the gentleman who was the director, brought his whole family. So I got to watch him raise his 18-month-old, 3-year-old, and 6-year-old on the road. And um, I think our callings are actually there when we're birthed and through our, you know, how we're stewarded whether it's parents or family members or teachers, um, develops that. And, and so I watched this three-year-old lead another child who was older than him to Jesus at a park. And it made me think, you know, I bet callings are in the very beginning of life. You know, God has that. Some of us believe that God has named our children in heaven. He's already seen what it is he has for them. And our job is to see what God saw in them, that they've given them this gift to move on into, to become an adult, to provide, you know, to do a, a kingdom purpose. So kingdom purpose. Uh, and if nothing else, if we can have that mindset for our children and give our children, you know, remind them there's an, an anointing on your life. I might not know the stage God has for you. But I know there is a stage. There's going to be a little circle of influence or a big circle of influence. Whatever the case may be, there is an anointing on your life. Right? Every child. Every child. So let's talk a little bit about some of the preparation it takes. So preparing our quiver for these children. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, that verse continues to go on. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. But one of the things we don't do a lot of times as parents is I hear a lot of complaints. I do a lot of mom mentoring, and I hear a lot of complaints that 
um, I'm tired, I, I can't get everything done, I don't understand. But what they forget is God gave us a helper, and that helper is the little child that's standing beside you. They should be learning how to put their dishes in the dishwasher at a very young age, you know? So if you're afraid of the china to break, then go ahead and give them the Ikea plastic plate. (laughs) But, you know, as far as helping them understand, I remember Lily was only about two when she started dressing herself. And Lily's a little different. She has what's called a banded hand. She has no fingers on her right hand with a half of a thumb. And so dressing was a very big step because I knew that if she could... I I wasn't sure what her limitations were going to be. And so she did everything after she taught herself to dress, which was such a big thing. um, Then she's like, mommy, how can I help? You know, it just, and from there she learned how to separate the clothing, you know, by colors, or she would help me load the dishwasher, or she would help me set the table at a very young age. So, you know, you just have to bring your children alongside you and that's how you know how mature they are and where they can go from there. Amen. So the website that they can go to to learn more about you would be, uh, they can email me right now uh, at TammyALargen at gmail.com. My website should be up in the next few days, and it's TammyLargen.com. TammyLargen.com. The author of Children Are Like Arrows in the Hands of a Warrior. And we're just talking now about a couple of titles in her book. Uh, And uh, I wanted to get uh, the title chapter that you said, Your Quiver, Doing Life with Your Children. I like that analogy already. Yeah. So I think no matter how many children you have, which, like I said before, I really only had one, but we always had the neighbor kids and we always had, and the kids loved going to do things with us beside us. And that was the other thing that as high schoolers, high schoolers would come to our house and have dinner and they would be so shocked that we would be, all right, Lily, you know what your job is. And she'd start doing the dishes. And so few children have chores. And we forget just how much maturity grows when you hold your children accountable for chores. And we didn't pay for um, like allowances. You are a member of this family and you will participate with the family. And we took her with us when we, I mean, even as a small little thing, we, we would go to the steeplechase and she'd be in a baby sling, you know, hanging mm-hmm. out. Um, as she got older, she went in the carrier and we'd go for long hikes or we would go to parties with friends and she really never left our side. And some people called that hovering, but really as far as going with you, it's not like I'm Um, standing over her while she does something, my husband and I both would stand back and let her shine on her own. So she was separated from us, but yet she was present. Yes. And that, I think we forget, like we do so many things in church where our children aren't with us. Yeah. Like we're a big believer that you bring your kids to church. Yes, they'll go to Sunday school when you go to Sunday school, but you've come to big church to learn how to be a part of that. Yes. So. Well, we've come to the end of our show. We're talking with Tammy Largen. You can go to her website. Is it all spelled out? Tammy Largen. TammyLargen.com. Yes. So that's T-A-M-M-Y-L-A-R-G-I-N.com to learn more. Her book, Children Are Like Arrows in the Hands of a Warrior. 
available on Amazon. And uh, thank you for spending this time with us. I have one last thing to say, and that is God bless. You have been listening to Homeschool Companion, a production of MRG Media. Be sure to join us on Facebook. Just type in the name Homeschool Companion. For more on this or to contact us, go to mrgmediaministries.com. That's all one word, mrgmediaministries.com.